Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. the gates and ready to go hot mic with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick network glad you're with us big show Wednesday is here Chad Wednesday is here said we never get there we've made it made it to the middle of the week Bobby Carpenter will join us coming up in 20 minutes there's plus. nothing mid about Bobby Carpenter no. by the way or Clay Travis who joins us in an hour right here on the Outkick network we hope you'll subscribe to the Outkick channel on YouTube and much more Jim Williams, the media guru, I, I say this because he's the consultant that all of the networks go to, to learn about what they should or should not do. They, they ask him about television contracts. Jim Williams joins us coming up in an hour and a half. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Apparently, all the presidents and ADs in the Big Ten there, should have gone to Jim Williams to maybe read the fine print of the contract they were signing, because there's a lot or, of bitching and moaning going on after no the fact from the Big Ten, and I'm not overly sympathetic to these Big Ten chancellors that now how, suddenly how does that are realizing that, oh, what, but wait a minute, we used to have say over night games in November, and now you're saying well, we don't? But how you does that happen? You signed the contract. How does that happen? Where you have... I, I think it's just... You have presidents and ADs who are acting like they didn't know what Kevin Warren did. I think what goes on... What? I, 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 I This is not right, but I'm going to tell you my theory on what happens in these deals. Okay. I think they get a commissioner in, much like Greg Sankey in the SEC. I think there's so much over-trust in the commissioner that they know exactly what they're doing Not with Kevin and what's Warren best for the conference. Coming out of COVID. And what's right. I think that they just take the recommendation and here's what else they get blinded by. The dollar figures. They see it and they think, oh, we're going to make this much more? Okay, where do I sign? Oh, so, this isn't going to be anything crazy, right? Oh, no, nothing crazy. Don't worry about the fine print. Sign right here, and you're going to make X amount more every year in but media so did revenue. Kevin Warren. And then they Kevin sign. Warren was bonused based on the media rights contract. That's the other kicker here with that. So I, like, I, I don't know how it happens without the approval of the ADs and, and specifically the presidents or chancellors. I don't either. They're, they're, it's, and by the way, it's we, crazy to me that it just doesn't have go, immediately about, go to legal. We have talked like, about any a contract just go million to your legal dollar right? per year deal, yeah. right? For how long? And the networks are cool with us saying that too? Yeah. It's been I all mean, quiet. I, and now all of a sudden, it's headline. It's baffling that a deal this big could go through and that people, first off, only uh, apparently one layer of the contract has been signed. There's a second part <laughs> That's my, that needs to be signed. Yes. And now there's all this. It, it, there's a lot to get into. It's a all mystery as to how it went down. I, all I think they do the is sign blinded. contracts. That's all they do. And but they, they shouldn't even do it. My, my point is, how does it not just go to your lawyer? I know. There's a counsel for every school. <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm the chancellor at Illinois... And I get, oh, here's the new Big Ten media rights deal. Here's a 30-page document of legalese for this contract that we're supposed to sign, that we're all going to agree on together. I'm not even looking at it. I'm handing it to my legal department, telling me if there's anything that's inconsistent with prior contracts. Right. I want to know that first. 
It's called delegating responsibility. It's a good thing to do. Is there anything I need to know about that's different from other contracts? How much more money are we making? What am I looking at? And then I'll make the decision. I don't know how they just unilaterally say, oh, Kevin Ward said it's okay. Let's sign it. Let's move on with it. I'm watching promos on NBC about the Big Ten playing at night. Yeah. And the well, contract is not officially be, signed. It's, it's going to be Northwestern and Indiana but, playing at night, but apparently. But point being, they're running promos about it as if everything's yeah. signed. They're, they're also to blame in the confusion here. Well, it's... Like, everyone's going to get paid two, one way or the two, other. What is the initial... Like, there's NBC, so much language in these reports NBC that, wants Ohio State, Michigan, oh, and... Oh, I, I know what they want. Else? I'm saying, what is an initial contract has been signed, but not the whole contract? I, I think like for agree, years, remember that was the, old, the Remember the MOU, the Memorandum of Understanding a Coach Would Sign? No doubt. Some would never sign a full contract. They would just have an MOU, which is legally binding. I think once you sign any layer of the contract, to me it's... Unless the other half didn't author it. <laughs> Again. I, I, we'll, we'll get into it. The only thing that is certain is We're that not lawyers. We're if just you're smarter an NBA than player, most. If you're an NBA player, you're getting paid, guaranteed. No matter if you you know, show up in game four, game three, <clears throat> game seven, doesn't matter. Chad, the Celtics finally showed up. They are... are I, I want to... This is a mirage. They, they actually saved the NBA. This is like a mercy killing. Yeah, we get two more days of conference finals. The NBA finals start a week from tomorrow. So the fact that we have another game saves the NBA with with something. It's not going to be good. And if they win again, then, I mean, then it's fool's gold. Yeah, I just want to take a moment to applaud the Boston Celtics for you know doing something that the Los Angeles Lakers could not do. And that show a little bit of pride and show up and win a game that, let's face it, they might not win another one. Maybe they go home and win, but at least they avoided the clean sweep and total embarrassment in their conference finals. I will remember game three. I think the Lakers showed up. You know, at, they, they played did. at home. Every they showed game. up in game four. They're just not as good as, as the Nuggets. But the Celtics, after taking one on the chin – and Magic Johnson is mocking you on Twitter, and everyone's talking about Everyone. how you quit. You don't have starters in the game late. They, they came back. They bounced back. They showed a little Celtic pride. So I'll give them some credit for that. But this series is still over sooner rather than later. They will not be the first ever NBA team to erase a three games to none deficit. Isn't it crazy that's never happened, by the way? Of all the series, no one's ever erased a 3-0 deficit to win four straight. In the NBA. Yeah, that's this is not the Celtics team to do it. No. This is not the Heat team to allow it either. But it's Jimmy all, Jimmy Butler won't but allow it. I think it's more about Boston. I think it's more about Boston. In in LA, it's more about the Lakers than the Nuggets. Per, like I, I they are so inconsistent game in and game out. Anthony Davis, great one night, a flop the next. Dormant. And I, I, it's unexplainable. I cannot get into, like, why that happens. But when it comes to the Celtics, Chad, this is a team that, you know, they showed pride last night. They didn't have any pride on, in, in game three. And, and that was, that told me everything I needed, needed to know about it. Because they're down 0-2. That was the sense of urgency when it should have happened. And what we saw, they're going back to Boston. They're going to, you know, they're flying back no matter what happens in game four. And now they play one more game. 
Miami's better. And for the record, Denver is the best team. I'm not saying the Lakers are the Celtics because they're not. Not this year. The, the, the Lakers actually were competitive. This Boston team has not been against Miami for whatever reason. And it starts with the players, not the head coach. Did the I, players I'm, take the credit last night? I'm just curious. Or did their head coach take the credit for the win like he fell on the sword for game three? Because he shouldn't have. No. And I'm also, I'm partly curious. I'd love to see Grant Williams get a start in this next game and just go at Jimmy Jimmy Butler from the tip and see what happens. Like, could he score 70 against them if Grant Williams got nose-to-nose with 70. him early in the game? Kobe, I, I want to see the stupidity of challenging him again and getting in his face and seeing the dog and Jimmy Butler come out again, but now for a complete game instead of just the end of it. Chad, we are in the middle of an NFL offseason that is it, I, it's, a, it's a desert for me. Mandatory minicamps matter. That's where the headlines come from your favorite team. Insert team here. It's not about Nashville's market. It's not about what happens in San Francisco or in Phoenix or anywhere. I'm here to tell you that all of the headlines about OTAs, the vast majority of them are either about rookies or about who's not there. This is attendance. This is the, let's take the role. Let's find out who is here and who is not. The media on behalf of NFL coaches who want every player to be there in attendance on voluntary organized team activities. The media does the bidding of the league and we're, the headlines are dominated by which veteran or which, which guy earning a second contract is not in attendance. It's not about the, the, the headlines of, oh, Bryce, Bryce Young looked like this. Will Levis looked like this. That's secondary. And for a CBA, a collective bargaining agreement, that is so weak that yesterday the NFL owners can vote through and approve the fact that players have to then abide by the, the, the fact that they're going to be flexed on Thursday night starting in week 13. Could be. We then turn the page, and it's about which veterans are not there for voluntary OTAs. Give me a break on this. No headlines needed. And, and I'm to blame, too, because I've played into this for years, and I refuse to do it moving forward. The fact that a veteran decided he didn't want to be there is not a headline. But the media creates a controversy on behalf of the coach because the coach or the GM wants pressure on the player to show up for what? To run drills and push a sled and catch a pass? Show up in September and ball out or don't. That's how we will judge any player. And I promise you, you will not see a headline in September about what happened in May. But we'll click on the headlines in May on behalf of September. I don't understand it. In no other sport does a voluntary workout matter. And the NFL has created some controversy on behalf of buzz. It's just, we go to the bar and talk about it. That's all it's for. Stop giving into this. On behalf of everyone, please stop giving into this. I'm tired of it. Uh, I think of, oh, my, I did, sorry. I think a big part of it, Hutton, is local bloggers, people that own their own website covering a team, people that write for a newspaper 
or somewhere that cover a team. They're, they're, they're patsies, they're, they're but they're also they're, they're so desperate for offseason material that whether or not this third-year player or this what, veteran Chad, or this did something, about, they want to write about it. The I'm, material, I'm with you on the, They show not, up and watch 20 minutes of practice, yeah, and then they stupid. go back to their computer and talk about who's not there instead of what they saw. No, it's the NFL's fault for holding them in the first place. I, I know what you're saying, that it's, that it's a story at all. I'm just saying this is it's so it's so predictable and dumb it's because a, yes people are desperate to produce content if you're covering one team the and one team in front only of them, that that's what they want to they want to they feel like it's the chicken and the egg i think it's always this with in terms of how media cover stories they would argue and we know a bunch of them we could have someone on that runs a website covering any team they would argue, this is what my fans and my readers talk about at the bar. I'd be dumb not to talk about it. I would argue, if you didn't report on it, ask the coach about it, or talk about it, they wouldn't be talking about it at the bar. So it's a chicken and egg argument every time about media coverage and what's important and what you should be paying attention to and what's stupid. I wholeheartedly agree with you that it's dumb. And I think it's dumb in large part because... Local media that covers teams will make it a story, and those local stories by media members then can become a national storyline. I think you cut the whole thing off at the pass and just don't talk about it and don't cover it if you're covering that team locally. But, but personally, as a fan of football, like I'm clicking on the headlines that talk about which players are disgruntled, right? See, I'm a fan you, of drama, so but, I do that. But Well, that's, that's fair, too. Yeah. Me, too. But if you're it's less about the football, more but about also, who's like, mad. I would like to know more about the players that w- did participate and showed up to push a sled or catch a pass or get reamed out by their coaches for whatever reason than the players who are not there for the 20 minutes that they're allowed to report on. That's my point. And it, 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 it's, it's all fluff, and it's on behalf of insert team here because the coach can't he can't complain about the player who's not there unless he's asked the question. It's yeah, it, and I, you're I, taking the role. You're taking attendance. I'm in more interested school. in you know if, when organizations who's, want to. Are you truant or not? Yeah, it's roll call. But that, I mean, media member takes roll call and other media members at times. It's all to me. It's so stupid about the lack of access you get. It's mainly about roll calling. Who's there? Who showed up? Who did this? There's nothing really getting done. I do find it interesting when it's the organizations that tout all about football, all about team, all about sacrifice. This is our culture. <laughs> this is our ethos. And then half the team doesn't show up to voluntary team activities, and I kind of chuckle and laugh at that so I can understand Thank, yes. the questions coming about, well, if you're really all about team, shouldn't this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy maybe show up to your, your OTA or your voluntary workouts or to whatever you want to name the stupid different offseason sessions you have for the NFL that really doesn't matter. Here's what matters the NFL offseason. The draft, let's back up. Combine, draft. Oh, back up even further, Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl, combine, thank you, Hudson. Senior Bowl, combine, draft, schedule announcement. That's it. I just laid it out for you. You know when we're going to start talking about NFL previews, for the season, probably about a month from now, because there can be a two month, two and a half month wind up into a season. But this time we're in now, spring, early summer, 
We're done. The, Schedule's announced. We're done. We're the, done with big story. Well, unless uh, there's an injury that happens. Aaron Rodgers strained a calf, right? That that's a that is a headline. Injury announcements or huge drama. Player wanting to be traded and uh, or other off-field issues. That's it. That's that's the time of year. We're uh, in. But the headline in New York, and I, I, immediately I'm thinking, oh, this is this is like Buffalo all over again because they don't punt. They, Josh Allen doesn't allow his the, the offense to go go to the sideline on third down and whatever. Matt Ariza, a Buffalo Bill, cut. We know the backstory. He is working out for the New York Jets. When I saw this headline, I'm thinking another team that doesn't plan on punting unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt which is a headline today because of the calf muscle. So uh, good for Matt Ariza, by the way. Yeah, uh, I hope, and, and I hope he Jets. lands a job I, there. I think, go to your theory. Should he go to the, the worst offense in the NFL or should he play for Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen? I think ultimately players want to be on the most successful teams possible, right? Like if you're a punter, what's the ultimate glory as a punter? To win a Super Bowl ring as a punter. Okay. So my, my answer to my own uh, conundrum for punters would be, let me sign up for the best team, and the best team usually has the best quarterback and the best offense. But if you're truly concerned about your participation and your level of play and opportunities you're going to get, I have often begged the question, if you're a punter, do Bonus. you not root for or try to sign with a team that has the worst quarterback? Like, if you really are a primetime punter punt and you're saying, I want if opportunity. If you're the punt If god. you're Matt Ariza, punt god, then by god, I'm looking at <laughs> Sam Howell. And saying, I want to play with this guy. I mean, name the bad quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Just Half a league. Uh, rookie quarterbacks. You know, I think C.J. Stroud in Houston is a good opportunity for me to see the field a lot. If Hello, I'm a Arizona. Right. Kyler Murray, you keep playing video games, my friend, because I'm going to be right on the now. field punting the whole time. <laughs> Colt McCoy, even better. How Colt McCoy is still in the league is beyond me, but good Great for him. Game. This is a guy I want to punt with, is Colt McCoy, when he's a starting quarterback. Not, not many probably ask that question, but I will, I will ask it. If I were a primetime punter, go to the team with the best offense. I'm Bobby sorry, the worst offense. Carpenter joins us when we return here on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
Live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton with her with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out Outkick.com as well. Coming up, Clay Travis will join us in a little over 30 minutes. Right now, Bobby Carpenter each and every Wednesday right here on the show. Bobby, good to see you, man. Oh, it's a pleasure to see you guys. Just excited to be joining you again. Time to talk a little college football, the Sirius XM host. So, how many times did you play at night in the Big Ten? Not many. Uh, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. And I understand. Jacob Hester, he laughs. and He's a Louisiana guy. Because we try to get as many night games as possible. And I'm, I'm not anti-night game by any stretch. Don't right. get me wrong. I, I love a good night game, but... For me, I don't need, you know, six to eight night games a year at home. I'm content. If you look at your schedule and maybe you take your three to five best games that are premier games that are going to be, you know, especially at Ohio State, going to be the, you know, one of the epicenters, if not the epicenter of college football that weekend. I think you can make that a night game. I don't need to see BTN throwing Ohio State Rutgers on at night just because you have to have some content. I don't need Toledo on at night. Penn State, great time for a night game. Notre Dame, great time for a night game. We played Texas in 2005, uh, my senior year at night. Fantastic game. Vince Young, you know, terrific, uh, you know, terrific competition, two top five teams. I think we played Washington my sophomore year at home at night. And we played Penn State my senior year on the road at night. And I don't think we played any games my junior year at night. You know, some of the games later in the year, you get in that mid to late November, and you you have a 3.30 kick. I mean, heck, it's dark up here by 4.45. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it kind of feels like a night game yeah, of it, sorts. Right. But but I don't need – the thing is, like, I, I'm not against it. But it, to me, the game needs to warn it. I don't need to wait all day. To see a score that's forty-two to six at halftime. So, but I'm confused based on the headlines of this Big Ten media rights deal with NBC. I don't blame NBC, by the way, because NBC wants Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Those are the three teams you want in prime time. Well, they at least want the option of and, picking them. Uh, the option, yes. Um, the NFL just approved without players' consent, by the way. Thursday night football flex scheduling for late in the year. At what? And they did it on behalf of. Amazon, who's paying a billion dollars per year. At what point will this just be approved and it's not a headline because the team and the, the, the athletic program, the university, is getting $100 million per season per school on, and the players just have to deal with it. You, you know where I'm going with this. At some point, the, the money matches whatever realm that we're talking about for a headline where oh, I'd rather be on Big Noon Kickoff. And I would, by the way, I would, I agree with that versus NBC at night. But sorry, money talks. And ultimately, that's what's going to happen. So there's a lot of tentacles to this, number one. I mean, you guys are getting into a lot of different things here. I'm not against playing at night. I know, here's the thing. I know a lot of the coaches, they like big night games for recruiting. And they, because yes. you can get everybody in, you have all day, and especially... You know, if they're out-of-state kids, you got to think you're getting on a plane Saturday morning. You need all day to get there, and you want to make sure they're there by 3 or 4 o'clock. So that helps in recruiting. But 
they don't necessarily love a night game if you have a big game the following week because that cuts down on your preparation time. People don't realize this. I think coaches are like players where you win the game, you go out, celebrate with your friends, have a couple beers and relax. False. They go maybe see their family, hug their wife, maybe catch a little bit of dinner, um, maybe watch a little college football if you play in the early window. But then they're they're doing some work. I mean, they're going to get three or four hours worth of game planning, get a jump start, and, and maybe you're lucky because you played at noon and you're playing Wisconsin next week, and they're playing, you know, at, at seven o'clock, and so you can sit there and watch that game, kind of as a fan, but you're also doing some game planning with it. So that's, I think it's more the coaches, and then also, I'm listen, guys. I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I'll go out there in the cold. I've been in those games or playing. It's 20 degrees. I've been watching them in 20 degrees. Some of the fans complain like, "Oh, it's cold at night." It's this and that, and like. Whatever, man. If you don't want to go, don't go. It's it's a TV show now is what it is. So you've got to understand that. But there are a lot of influential people who in the Big Ten footprint have been conditioned that Big Ten games are at noon or they're at 3.30. And so the, the late games in the year, they don't necessarily want to deal with the cold and the weather. So I get part of that. I, I believe there is an issue with some of the stadiums of winterization. I'm like, put some more heaters in. I don't care. Like, we talk about the environment and this and that, but people are like, I want the night game, then put it on at night. You know, we'll we'll just have a gas furnace blowing into the ether with no containment just to keep things warm. I mean, that's that's the irony of, of what we're living at in society now. You know, you pick the facts to fit your argument. So you've got that aspect of it, um, you know, with everything. Then the other part, I mean, Kevin Warren, I mean, guys, he's like the jelly of the month club. It's a gift that keeps on giving all year long because – he got this great deal done, and man, if the devil's in the details, it, this he's living in this thing, buddy. <laughs> I mean, he's been there residing in the in the fine print of this contract for a long time. And I, I, I'm wondering, number one, he sold the, the, the structure, and Jim Delaney should get some credit blame for this as well. The way that this structure with BTN is they own the rights, essentially, to every Big Ten game across all sports. And there go Fox ultimately owns it. So they that's why Fox is in all these negotiations because they want to make sure, you know, if you're parceling out other things that we understand how these rights are going to be doled out. I mean, number one, Kevin Warren, somehow, because there's only there's only a couple options here. He sold the Big Ten Championship game, which Fox has the rights to. So either A, the person from Fox wasn't paying attention in the meetings or the emails. Maybe they were drunk or maybe they sent someone's nephew who just needed a summer internship. Or B, Kevin Warren sidebarred him and sent him a text or an email that wasn't part of everything else and guaranteed him that game. And so there's a whole payback with Fox now that they've got to deal with. I know we're getting in the weeds of all of this. And then also they sold those evening rights to Peacock and, and to NBC. And think about this, guys. So they bought the primetime rights. Did anybody think that they just bought them for the first eight or nine weeks of the season and then it was just going to stop on November 1st? Like, is, is that real? I mean, I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, well, yeah, of course you're going to play night games in November. NBC bought the nighttime window. Yes. Are we, were we supposed to believe that they didn't think that they were getting any of November with that? Like, the, I mean, the presidents and the ADs, like, they needed to step up because there's no way a logical person could think that they would spend that type of money for two-thirds of a schedule. I'm going to issue a warning to the Big Ten right now. And, Bobby, I, I want your reaction to this because I think your guy, Jacob Hester, also another Southern boy, uh, would agree with me on this. If the biggest holdup right now 
is honestly, we haven't played night games in November because we're worried about fan safety or it being too cold. When you can play January playoff night games at Lambeau Field in the NFL, the Big Ten is at a key point right now because they're making more than the SEC, right? This is an arms race, and it's a two-conference race. And the SEC is not blowing past the Big Ten in any of that. This is the type of thing that will stop it because we all know the SEC will say yes to anything involving spotlight, money, wins, any of that. They will then go to these networks and do – they'll play a game at midnight if it meant they're (laughs) going to make more money, right, than the the Big Ten. I I think just from the sports football perspective, this is a pretty old-school hardline stance by Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan – anyone else if their argument is we can't play at night in November? Well, part of the thing that will help alleviate it after this year is you'll have UCLA and USC, which I think they'll predominantly be taking those evening windows when they're at home because that just makes more sense. And by the way, maybe Washington, Oregon at some point too, right, Bobby? And this might help expedite that to give them a greater inventory in that late window, especially if you're you're out on the West Coast because – you're sure as heck ain't kicking off a game in the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl at 9 a.m. for big noon. Heck, they can't get 10,000 people in the Rose Bowl for a normal game, let alone if it starts at 9 o'clock. So that might expedite that process. I understand a lot of what you're saying. That's why Ohio State, they're playing the November 11th game. Penn State's playing on Black Friday. Yeah, You know, they they did some make goods here to make sure this thing uh, works out and to get it done. And I do believe that the coaches understand you know, that element of, you know, publicity is good publicity and they're going to try to get this thing worked out because that's the reality. Being on TV in primetime blocks when people are watching, that is the best recruiting that you have because it brings eyeballs from around the country to your set. It's going to open up NIL opportunities. It's marketing opportunities. It's guys like, hey, that's that's how Oregon has built a football program. We'll play at night and we'll wear sweet stuff and everybody's going to watch it and say, oh, that looks cool. We could take a look at their facilities. They're awesome, by the way. Let's go here. This sounds like a good idea. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm laughing at, you know, the Pac-12 probably picking up the phone and just blowing up. <laughs> NBC is like, we'll play back-to-back night games. We'll play at midnight. We'll play at 8 p.m. If Ohio State Michigan won't do it, we'll take whatever money you want to give us to play on Peacock. We'll play on Peacock Plus, Peacock 3. Peacock Plus. Doesn't matter. We'll do all of it. But I, I'm only half joking, Bobby. When you look at the situation the Pac-12 is in right now, how dire is it? And what more should they be doing besides the obvious, which is all holding hands and praying that the Big Ten doesn't take Washington and Oregon from them? Well, I, I think that's all they can really do. I mean, I was talking to Ian Fitzsimmons, and you know, he's down in Dallas. Hester and I am on the show. I've known Ian for a while. And I was like, what's the buzz like with SMU potentially joining the Pac-12? And he goes, Honestly, I think I would advise against it. He's like, hold out, wait, try to get some momentum going. He goes, you, the Big 12 will probably slide in. They may want to grab you up so you can grab more of the Metroplex in Dallas. So I, I think it's a really dire situation. And I don't know if you guys saw uh, this, the fact that the Pac-12 now is basically offering up like an XFL or USFL model where, hey, we're going to be in-game coaching uh, yeah. interviews, more press box stuff. They're just trying to sell availability, which people like. People want to see that. Like, that's a big thing. So that is something they're trying. Like, like heck, but it, it almost makes them look like an alternative football league because that's what they've had to do to kind of garner fan interest. So it's a 
it's a unique paradigm they're in. And then uh, one other thing with regard to night games in the Big Ten. Um, I'm on my phone right now, so I don't necessarily have the date, but I believe it's December 19th, 2024, is a Friday night, and that is the first round, which can be held at home sites. And so whether it's at Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, I'm sure one of those three will have a home game in that first round of 12. And I'm not sure if they get the Friday night draw versus the Saturday draw, but they'll have to figure something else out for that then as well. Pat Narduzzi's upset with Dion. He's the first of how many coaches over the next calendar year? Um, you know, Pat, I, listen, I know my brother played for him. I've known Pat a long time. He's a Youngstown guy. He's an Italian dude. He His emotions, to say he wears them on his sleeve, it's like a ketchup stain. I mean, must is <laughs> right there. You can't you can't escape it. Um, I think there's here's two two things. Two things, I believe his point and Dion's point can be true at the same time. Everyone knew Dion was going to come in there and change it up. And you look at this, Dion, I believe, has 47, 57 guys have left and 47 guys have come in. And that's an absurd number when you talk about 85 scholarships. But his president knew about it, his or chancellor, the AD, everybody knew what he was going to do, and they signed off on it. And they said it was good. Pat Narduzzi's like, hey, you need to coach the guys that are there. You need to develop them. You need to do some things and help them become better players. And I also believe in that. I believe that there's an element of college athletics where when you go to school as a 17, 18-year-old young man or woman, part of the process there, even with NIL and the portal and all this, and I think the portal kind of inhibits this as much as anything, is learning how to be an adult, learning how to deal with difficult situations, you know, understanding there will be adversity in your life and pushing through it. And that's what collegiate athletics, I think, is also supposed to teach outside of just the craziness of the NIL and these TV contracts and everything that we're talking about. So I think both of those things can be true. What Pat's saying, he doesn't bring in a lot of transfers. I mean, he's down at the lower end. I think it's, you know, six to 10 somewhere. You look at Dion, he's like doubled up the next highest coaches. When you start talking, you know, about some of the other programs, like, uh, I think Louisville, um, Arizona State, uh, gosh, and there's one other school that Hester and I were looking at, but all of those programs all have first-year coaches. So if Dion's doing this again in his second year, I think that there's a problem, and they're probably not going to win. But doing a full turnover when everybody gave you the blessing to do it, I'm not going to sit there and, and criticize him for it, but I do think the way Pat Narduzzi does it, which is the way that Nick Saban does it, Kirby Smart, Ryan, a lot of this Dabo Sweeney, you don't want to build your team on transfers because it's not a sustainable model. But if you have to come in at the beginning and clean house a little bit, as long as you're keeping those kids on scholarship that made a commitment to you and you know what, they may not be able to play football there anymore, but if they want to stay and be students and you're paying for tuition, I'm good with that. I just hate to see like you throw a guy out because we got a new coach and we need to get better. Someone recruited them there. They made a commitment to you. And so I think you should honor that if they want to stay. They just may not be seeing the field. Bobby Carpenter with us here on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. So, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew said, hey, the transfer portal, I'm glad I didn't have the opportunity to do that because I had to play behind Patrick Peterson. I had to earn my spot. How Do you believe in like the, the, the status of a freshman coming in and doing that? Or is, is a player a player? He's going to ball or he's not. And he we, we end up with the same guy, regardless if he transfers or not. 
Oh, I don't, I don't think so. You go look at, we all want to, you know, glorify Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Jameson Way, all these guys that it's worked out for. I mean, you could just go through the list of all these guys who have transferred, who it's not going to work out for. Like, you don't have, then you don't even have a school identity. You don't have like a group, an alumni base that you're tied into, a coaching staff and an athletic department that wants to take care of you, a fan base that, Honestly, if you go to a big time, big state, U, college football, college basketball, like they, they will help you. They'll help get you a job. And maybe it's just selling insurance, but it may be a heck of a lot better than the alternative you had in life. And so what Tyler Matthews said is 100% true. Even for guys who end up becoming NFL players and elite ones. I'm going to tell you this. My freshman year, I thought about transferring every day. If my dad wouldn't have said, you went there, you're going to stay there through the fall. You're going to stay there through the spring. We'll talk about it after next season if you still want to leave. Because it's going to be hard. But my dad also told me when I got there that it would be the hardest thing that I would do in my life. And I still wasn't prepared for it. And I know things have changed. They've gotten a little softer. But college athletics is hard. It's not for everybody, especially at big state U football where everybody cares. There's a lot of pressure internally, externally. And that's what helps develop you, as I talked earlier, into becoming a man. And becoming a woman, you know, with whatever sport it is, like the development. My senior year, I thought about transferring again because, oh, I wasn't getting enough attention or this or that. Like, you have all these thoughts in your mind. You're impulsive when you're young. That's why young people get arrested at a greater clip, doing stupid things like peeing on buildings and DUIs and all kinds of drunken disorderlies that you don't see people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s do because you are more mature. Your brain is fully formed and functional. You don't have that when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. And you hate it at the time. It really hurts and it stings. But you romanticize it now as you look back as Tyron Matthew has had a successful career. Then you know what? I learned a lot from sitting behind Patrick Peterson. I learned a lot when I you know, got kicked out of school and all these different things happened. And that's what ultimately made him the man, the player that he is. Success likes to play hide-and-seek. But here's the thing, guys. It's a lot better at hiding than it is at seeking. It's not trying to find you. You've got to go find it. And if you just have everybody wants it handed to them, and that's not the way sports work, and that's sure as hell in the way life works. I'm with you, man. The, the only thing I've ever quit that my dad allowed me to quit was piano lessons in fifth grade. That's it. I never started because I was afraid if of I, quitting If I piano. didn't like the coach in elementary school or middle school or high school... I had to deal with it because I was playing that sport and I chose to try out for the team and I made the team and I had to deal uh, with the coach. If I complain about playing time, I had a mom who would tell me, well, maybe you should do better in practice. Maybe maybe you yeah. should work harder. And, and I, from, I appreciate that now. I hated it then, Bobby, to your point, but Bobby, I appreciate it now. It's coming from two guys who are not on your level as, no. a, as a first-round pick in the NFL. But I would have played at night. If I were in the Big Ten, <laughs> I would have gladly signed up to play that. If I was given the opportunity, I, I would host I would a night too, game. I would too, as long as I could stay in unlike, front of the heater. Unlike your Buckeyes, I would, I would agree to play at night. I love playing at night. Just <laughs> don't be putting trash games on okay. but that, What you guys are talking about, that's what it's all about, man. Yes. Like, that's why I tell my kids, quit blaming the refs, quit blaming the coaches. Let's get to work and let's try to improve. And I did quit piano, but the rule was you had to take it through sixth grade. And I, Why do I do it for my kids? Because they hate it. I said, you know why? Because grandma and grandpa made me do it. So now I'm going to do it to you. So you got to learn the same stuff. Amen. Bobby Amen, Carpenter, Bobby. great Amen, at everything, man. but he is no pianist. That's what I'm hearing. No, uh, no pianist. And uh, his alma mater hates night games in November. That's what we've learned today. Bobby, thank you, man. Appreciate you as always. Thanks, guys.
Uh, great conversation there. B Carp Three is where you can find Bobby. My on uh, my oldest right now, eight years old, is taking piano lessons, and it amazes me to watch her in a recital because it's so far out of the realm of what I would ever do. And when you I, see your own kid do something that you would never even think about doing, I was never offered music lessons as a kid, would never have thought to do it. But when you see your own child doing it and sticking with it even though it's frustrating, is a really cool experience. One, I, Something I, you wouldn't do. I wish I could play an instrument, right? Yeah. In college. Everyone you, like, would love to snap man, their fingers. I'd be love able to, to be able to play guitar right. in college. I'd also like to speak. I, I, I would like to be bilingual. I didn't, I didn't care about any you know, foreign language. It was a prereq. You got to start young. In high school. Are you doing That's that? That's the lesson with, now. Are you doing that with Evie? We want to. I mean, she's going to know how to play she's an instrument. She's on her fourth language now? Yeah, well, uh, up next, he's going to learn Swahili. So <laughs> okay. that's the next step. <laughs> she can go to UNC then. Well, he's approved. Coming up, primary complaint. We air our top grievance of the week on Hot Mike. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. And we're coming to you live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Great chat there with Bobby Carpenter. Coming up in 10 minutes, Clay Travis will join us right here on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Chad, every Wednesday at this time. Every we, Wednesday. We air our top grievance of the week. We don't it take is, a Wednesday off, Hutton. We do not. And we don't repeat any complaint no. or primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, going paperless. If you go paperless, you get a notice in the mail on paper that you went paperless. Shouldn't it? Should it not be an email? That's my primary complaint. Oh, look at me. Look at me. We're trying to save the planet. We're going paperless. Here's the paper that we're printing that on. I, I like that one. My primary complaint is for this gentleman that posted on our YouTube chat a little bit earlier. Oh, it's actually <laughs> two of them. Someone named Mads wrote in as our show started. Maddie. I'm not subscribed to this channel and don't have notifications turned on. Very creepy. Matt Sheely writes, why, TF, did I get a notification <laughs> for this? In which Jonathan Kaufman replies, oh, yeah. Ha, 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 which is a great reply. Thanks, Sleepy Danny. I love all of our viewers on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you find us. I love all of our listeners on one of our great radio stations that carries our show. I love all of you. We've got a lot of loyal people who watch the show on YouTube who we interact with, I interact with every day. In that YouTube chat, we interact with on the show as well. We love them all. Here's who I don't like. Matt Sheely or any other loser. And you are a loser, by the way. <laughs> if you get an algorithm that takes you to a video on YouTube and you click on that video and you go to it, and not you don't think, oh, I don't want to watch this sports show. I don't want to watch this, whatever. <laughs> but you take the time to type in the chat 
Why, TF, am I in this chat right now? You have way too much time on your hands. You don't understand the digital space and what's happening to you while you're on YouTube or the internet in general, and you are a loser. You are also my primary complaint for this Wednesday, and we take no Wednesdays off when it comes to primary complaint. Thank you very much. Hut, real quick on the paperless stuff. I actually prefer just constantly having the paper sent. That, I mean, I view it as I'm just keeping the U.S. Postal Service in business. Yeah, you're so creating that, jobs. I'm, I'm giving myself a pat on the back for that one. It's like littering. You're creating jobs. They continually ask, like, hey, do you do you want to go paperless? And I'm just like, no, I'm good. Like, I constantly <laughs> click off of that. Guys, my primary complaint <laughs> this week is the fact my Spotify account got hacked. And the big problem with that is what do you gain by hacking a Spotify <laughs> account? I don't, I'm, I don't have premium, so it's not like there's a credit card or anything like that associated with it. That's a great point. A lot of hands so, if you, if you hack Davey's account. Oh, man. Um, um, like five times. It's just the yeah. playlist. Um, but <laughs> what I don't understand is I, I get the email saying, hey, you changed your email account with Spotify to insert 20 different letters followed by a couple of numbers here. And I'm like, well, no, I didn't do that. I managed to get it fixed but I, I did more research and apparently like what some people have done is they'll go in they'll hack it and then they'll just start liking a bunch of random songs to prop those up on the charts and it's just frustrating because like i've never heard of any of these songs or anything of that nature and I, I seldom even use spotify at this point but it's just getting hacked is just a hassle in and of itself and that is my primary complaint that's a good one uh w icon on our youtube chat says my primary complaint and hit these up on here too we're getting some good ones just happened to the grocery store. Always assume the customer wants a bag. I had seven items. Of course I want a bag. Why are yes. you asking me? I'm trying to preserve your job by not using something else. I can juggle seven items. I can't juggle seven items. Give me a bag. That's good. I, I miss like the that. paper bag, by the way. I hate the plastic it's bag. It's very sturdy. The paper bag is very sturdy. As Hanson takes us to break. Hanson and... Davey's favorite band. Davey's happy. Davey is one of the rare people we, who celebrates no, actually, their entire catalog. Actually, Colin just hacked Davey's Spotify yeah. is what happened. We can listen live into Davey's Spotify <laughs> throughout. It's just going to be that's, an assortment that's my of Hanson back in college, man. Who's your favorite Hanson brother? Davey? Uh, Davey Chris, Hanson? Chris one? The fact no. that you knew any name is amazing. <laughs> no, Chris, Chris Hanson's the... Uh... <laughs> I thought he was going to say the skinny one. <laughs>